tax loopholes, the unfair tax loopholes that venture capitalists get. So this podcast is going to be a little bit different. We're going to talk about some behind the the scenes things of how Uncle Sam treats venture capitalists. So if you're looking for more startup advice, this one is not that episode. But if you're following politics in the last few weeks, then you've heard about the carried interest loophole, quote end quote, because it's which not actually been, a lope, loophole. Which has been stressing Peter out. So basically the the the, 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 <laughs> the topic is is that if you look at a VC as a business, yeah. a large chunk of their quote unquote revenue is not taxed at the same revenue as a code basis. Right. Or the same revenue that I take home. They basically get capital gains tax rates immediately in their pocket where code base I have to pay regular corporate taxes if the if the business if the business shows a profit and I have to when I get personally paid I have to pay regular, you know, income tax. Whereas when Peter gets paid from carry, there's this loophole where he gets a much better rate. Lucky me. So this is something that's been trending on, on NPR. So like, let's talk about it. And it's not just NPR; it's been everywhere because it was going to be in the end inflation bill or whatever they're calling it. Mm-hmm. And they're using it to 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 fight global warming, things like that. Yeah, is what that is. How oh, they okay, so here's the, the context. This is you can <laughs> tell Peter's riled up. This get, one hit his heart. Well, it hit my pocketbook now. Um, but, but well, let's set the stage and, and provide the context. Okay. So carried interest, what's carried interest? So a venture fund, a private equity fund, a hedge fund, a real estate fund, anything that has an LP, limited partnership and general partnership structure. Well, I mean, not any of them, but most of them are going to have two forms of compensation uh, from their investors. One is management fees. And those management fees are used to pay day-to-day operations, salaries, overhead, office space, like all that general stuff. And industry standard is about 2%. So if I have a $100 million fund, then I'm paying 2% of that $100 million every year for you know so many years, and that's defined usually like three to five. Uh, and then it will typically decline, or it'll be a like, percentage of total dollars invested. Anyways, we won't get on the nuances there. The point is, you're pulling like roughly $2 million in fee, and that, that $2 million is meant to cover, like I said, like overhead salaries, et cetera. That's not what's up to debate. What's up to debate is the other piece, which is the performance fees. So the industry standard is about 20%. Some go as high as 30%. Some are lower, like 15 to 10%. But it's 20% of the profits of the fund. So if I invest $100 million and I t- and those investments perform well and they generate, let's call it like $300 million of returns, then I return the $100 million, I'm left with $200 million, and I'm going to split that 80-20 with my investors. So I'm going to get, I'm going to return $160 million, so a total of $260 million return to them, and I'm going to pocket $40 million. And the way that the tax code is written, that $40 million gets treated as capital gains, not as ordinary income. Now in other areas, right, like if I'm a sales rep and I sell some product and I get paid a bonus or a commission for selling that product, I'm not taxed on that at capital gains, I'm taxed on that as ordinary income. And so there's this debate that's like, hey, this is a performance fee, it's kind of similar to like, you know, sales, right? Like a commission, 
you're getting paid to do your job. That should be taxed as ordinary income, not as capital gains. And private equity and venture investors and hedge funds say, well, but, you know, there's some risk and we're not going to get paid that. It's, you know, it's kind of a piece of the overall investment. Yes, we're getting compensated for like our work, but, you know, there's a, there's some risk there to it, too. Okay, I get taxed so, on my bonuses. So that's so, the debate. And the, and the bonus is risk. So whatever it is, it should be similar. Yeah, and maybe it should. But And that's the whole debate, right? Okay. Is that, and it keeps coming up. Democrats and Republicans have brought it up again and again and again. And for whatever, like every couple of years it, it comes up. And every couple of years, for some, whatever reason, it gets axed out of the bill. This last time it was, you know, the senator from Arizona. That, that kicked it out. So, yeah, look, I think I think there are good arguments for why it shouldn't it sh, it sh, like it shouldn't exist. Okay. I think there are good arguments for maybe why it should exist, right? I think if you are I mean, if you play the math forward, right? If you're a hedge fund manager and you're generating hundreds of millions of dollars of carried interest, mm-hmm. right? Does and and you have to pay either 25% or 40 to 50% taxes on that. Well, I mean that's a difference of 25 million upwards of 25 million dollars, right? Mm-hmm. Per 100 million. No, that's that's a ver- that's a lot of money, but the flip side is you're also pocketing 50 million bucks. Okay. You're not doing too bad, right? Okay. So, do you need that extra 25 million dollars or not? About those, we just flip it. The rest of us bonuses are taxed the same as how, uh, how fun, fund managers get paid with their carried interest. Well, I mean, the libertarian in me would be okay with that because I think, you know... That's that's my answer. Lower taxes but are better, but... Um, are you a libertarian? I definitely been more libertarian. Okay. But the point being is like, well, we're not going to change that. That's not realistically going to happen, so what we should do is... Make it consistent. We should make it consistent. Here's the thing on the flip side. If you're a venture investor... Let's say you're a brand new venture investor, right? Let's mm-hmm. say you're maybe like a minority emerging and manager venture investor, right? Mm-hmm. First fund, whatever. It's very unlikely that you're going to be able to raise a very large fund, right? So maybe your first fund's like $10 million, right? You're a great investor, but, you know, maybe you're a minority, maybe you're an emerging manager, like whatever, like the cards are stacked against you. Like it's harder to raise that first fund. And your second fund and maybe your third fund, right? So you've got these relatively small funds. On a $10 million fund, you might be pulling a couple hundred thousand dollars in, in management fees per year. And with that couple hundred thousand dollars, you got to pay your salary. You got to mm-hmm. pay your analyst's salary, right? If you have one, you got to pay your legal bills, your accounting bills, like your office, your overhead, your travel. You're like, I mean, mm-hmm. you're probably like a good fund manager probably left a job where he or she was making 100 to 150,000, right? Minimum, maybe more than that, 200, 250. And now they're going to take like a massive pay cut to set up this fund. And they do that because they're hoping on the back end that their investments will perform well and they'll get car- this this carried interest and that will make up for like the income differential. Um and so it's it's super meaningful, right? And, you know, let's say they take that 10 million and they just have a, you know, a killer fund and return like 5x that fund. So that's $40 million. Uh, They're going to split that 80-20. So that's $8 million coming back to them. Well, like $8 million sounds pretty good. 
But if you got to cut half of that out in taxes, now you're talking $4 million, and then you're taking that $4 million and you're spreading it out over the course of 10 years. So, you know, really it's not that much money at the end of the day, right? Mm-hmm. And if their returns aren't that good, right, you just take those numbers down even more. So the the thing there is that, and there's some risk, right? They don't know that they're actually going to get that. And it's going to take them like 10 to 15 years to generate that kind of return. So the challenge there, right, is that if you're an emerging manager, you're, you know, or a minority, you might look at this and be like, you know, I've got this really great job today where I'm making like $200,000, $250,000 a year because I work at Google as an engineer or a product manager or whatever. And if I leave and I start this other fund, I might be making, I'm going to like have to go from two hundred and fifty to 300000 whatever a year to like seventy-five. Okay. And then rough on the life, back end. Rough life, Peter. Rough life. And on the back end, you know, maybe if I'm successful, I'm going to get a few million bucks, but it's going to take 15 years to get there. And look, like I, I'm not saying like feel sorry for them. I but, feel sorry but, for you, Peter. But here's really? the problem. Here's the problem. If the emerging man, especially if they're a minority, they look at that and they say, you know what? It's way too risky. I'm not okay. gonna do it. Then what happens? We end up we don't we don't end up with emerging managers, particularly minorities. And minorities okay. and women are more likely, they're fifty percent, they're two X more likely. Sorry, not fifty. Women and minorities are twice as likely to invest in other minorities and women run okay. businesses than than white men. So you think that And so that, if we so don't you think that minorities and female fund managers are not going to even become fund managers yeah. because of the tax rate. I, mean, I think there will be fewer of them. Because right? of the tax rate. They're going to say, when I look at everything, this tax rate is the one thing that's going to make 10, 20, 30, 40% of them fall out. Potentially. Really? I don't know. I think it's one of those things that could, you know. Okay. So you're, you're It's a thing- disincentive. And anytime you have a disincentive, like fewer people are going to do stuff. If, right? if, if we pull out your confirmation bias, your main thesis that I can wrap my head around is you feel like this adversely affects minority and females that are considering and emerging managers and emerg- just the, emerging managers generally okay, just yes. emerging ma- managers in general and especially these these other representation in minorities or sure. ethnicities sure okay and I, in a way I'm not, I'm not in deep enough to think about it but it, i do see some parallels you know is this a bonus like income sure. or is this like a ceo selling their company that gets ca- taxed at capital gains yeah and I agree with you. Like, I, I think it's nuanced. It's definitely gray. I'm just saying, like, there, there are two ways to look at it, right? There's pros and cons. There's like, and I think at the end of the day, if, if the return, if there are bigger returns on the back end, it's going to incentivize more people to enter the space, right? Okay. And if you cut those back, there are going to be fewer people. That, I mean, they're just going to look at it and be like, uh, I don't know if it's worth it. I'm going to maybe do something else. I'm going to keep my enterprise sales job. Yeah. Or maybe I'm going to start a company or I'm going to, you know, okay. I'm going to do something else. Okay. And and then what I think that does is it has a risk of perpetuating this, like the rich, once they've gotten the there, like they don't care, okay. right? I mean, they care. But like whether or not we take $25 million out of their pocket or $50 million out of their pocket, they're still pocketing at least $50 million. They're going to mm-hmm. be okay, right? Like nobody's feeling bad for them. Mm-hmm. Right. And and at that level, nobody's like disincentivized to not keep doing it. Okay. I think this is gonna be those moments. You've said your piece. We're gonna let the audience decide. I don't have I'm not in deep enough to understand. I do think there should be consistency. 
sure. across the board though, whatever it is, if it's income, yeah. but then what is income is selling a business and income. Is that my confirmation bias? Just like you've got your confirmation bias of how you're affected. Sure. All right. Well, well, and keep in mind, I'm not, I know that I just spent a bunch of time talking about like how it could negatively impact stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm also not like arguing super hard that it should be retained the way it is. What do you think it'll happen? My guess is it'll probably get wiped out just like every other bill because it's a small aspect. There's larger. Well, it's already been, it's already been taken out. Oh, already? So it's, it's a, already been taken. It's already out. mute point for this year. Yeah. But it's going to come up again. It's going to come years. up again. And it will probably stay because, because the people that are making 50 million, hundred million, whatever, right? They're, you know, they're like, Hey, Senator, whatever you, if you cut carried interest, I've got $25 million less that I can donate to your campaign. Okay. So, you know, your call, do what you want. Okay. Right. But just keep in mind, like you're tightening my belt. So there's just a less to go around, Okay. which, you know, I wish we all had that leverage. I think that is why it keeps getting, it gets thrown in and then taken out. Okay. And taken out because, you know, the, the senators and the congressmen and women that aren't Mm -hmm. getting it are like, this is not fair and we need consistency. Okay. Right. And those that are kind of like, well, if you want my vote. And if you're trying to become a VC, (laughs) this is something that's going to be very relevant. Oh, for sure. You have to understand this. Yeah. Okay. So if aspiring VCs listen to Peter, this podcast was for you. (laughs) But look, I think what is interesting is let's say that they do take it out. I guarantee you that somebody will figure out another like way around it. Okay. They'll just start offshoring all the cash. They might set up, set up funds in other countries. I mean, they've like so many have already been doing that, right? Is that a big trend right now? Offshore accounts. Are there offshore? I would say like a lot. uh, I mean, I don't know the numbers, but it would not surprise me if the majority of venture funds, private equity funds, and hedge funds are are set up offshore. Is yours set up offshore? Uh, I can't disclose that sort of thing. Okay. Crazy taxes. Well, anyways, yeah. If you want to learn more, go to venturecapital.fm, where you can like and subscribe and follow us in anywhere you want to follow us on tiktok and and see our our sexy dances we are there all right guys we are all right we'll see you guys for the next episode venturecapital.fm make sure you give us a six star review please and you can now leave reviews on spotify that's a new thing that happened in the last week or two i think comment subscribe like us all right see you guys soon talk to you later